please remember the views and opinions expressed by this show or any other show on DV Radio and its guests are strictly those of said individuals and do not reflect those of the DV Radio staff nor the staff of dysfunctional veterans. The following includes conversation relating to cryptocurrency. The information provided and discussed is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Any use of any information is done so at your own risk. DV Radio LLC, as well as the hosts and guests of the show, take no responsibility if you wish to use any of the information in your daily life. Again, the topics discussed are strictly for informational and educational purposes only. I am Chris, the CEO. My name is Paul. I'm the COO. I am Chris, a.k.a. Little Chris, the Chief Technical Officer. My name is Zach. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer, better known as the Win Marketing Officer, because it never gets done, right? Of Affinity Innovations. Hour-long show, we will talk about Affinity, crypto in general, DeFi, blockchain technology, technology, uh, and just talk about anything, whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Get to know us at a little more personal level. Gobbling nonsense. Is there cursing rules <laughs> or anything? No, you say whatever the fuck you want. I think they'd be more worried. If you didn't curse, <laughs> love these guys. Show me the money. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of, of Affinity Protocol. Uh, we are here, uh, not live this week, uh, but this is uh, being broadcasted on WDVRDVRadio.net. So we hope you're tuning in. Uh, thank you to DV Radio as always. Um, Paul, Chris, Zach, we're all here. We'll talk about some stuff today, uh, and um, before we jump into it, I want to give opportunity. What, what's everybody got going on? You got anything on your mind? What you want to share? No, I don't want to talk about no? stuff right now. Uh, I, you don't want to hear what I got to say. That's actually very true. Uh, so we're going to skip past Paul because uh, I definitely don't want to hear what he has to say, uh, but I always love hearing the, the non- vocalized Chris and what he doesn't have to say. So Chris, what do you got? Got anything today? (laughs) No. All right. This is going to be a great show, everybody. So make sure you you stay tuned in for the next hour. No, no, no. Hold up. Hold up. So, so get, get this real quick. All right. Remember how I've been, you know, like obsessing over getting this WSUS server up for, for my, my other job. So I'm looking at it and I, it finally just got done with all the downloads so I can, you know, start the export process. Yep. Bro, tell me how I completely forgot to decline updates for ARM64. Who the fuck even uses that architecture anymore? <laughs> so I got like at least 70 to 80 downloads up or updates downloaded that I did not fucking need just because I was rushing to get it done because of the bullshit I was dealing with before. Oh, that's good, man. And I just realized it. So, and more, not less, though, right? Yeah. Well, I'm scared. I'm scared to start transferring them out because it's on my home computer. And last time I did this on the, the other work laptop, it crashed multiple times. And we're in the middle of recording a podcast, so maybe I'll just let that happen tomorrow. Ah, uh, that's good, man. Hey, so uh, I know this is going to air live on. Oh, not I say air live. I guess it technically will be airing live but we're not going to be live uh on sunday morning uh dradio.net and um at that time i will be in orlando uh enjoying a vacation hopefully enjoying a vacation uh with my family that we've been planning for like four years now uh we initially 
Like I say, we planned it four years ago, and then we were going to go the next year. Uh, COVID hit, pushed it out again, had it all ready to go, and then everything flared up again. Uh, airlines were shutting down a lot of flights and all that. So we pushed it out again, uh, and then I think again, and here we are. Uh, you know, on, you know, all the all the sympathy in the world for everybody down in Florida that uh, you know had to deal with uh, the latest hurricane. Um, a lot of devastation down there, but, uh, you know, it's just, again, you know, my luck, uh, with everything else that's going on, but I hear Orlando's doing all right. They got a lot of rain. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's some, uh, a vast majority, you know, a good amount of people that were, uh, severely affected. Uh, but for the most part, I believe, uh, it's in decent shape. So no, hopefully that. Hopefully things go all right. I, I, I read between the lines. You said, hey, hearts out to anyone affected, but get fucked. I'm coming to Disney World. <laughs> no, man, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying it's just, you know, I don't want to make it about me, but, you know, at the same time, it's like just. At the same time, I haven't gone to Disney World in a few years. This kind of thing always happens to me. Every time I try to plan something, uh, there's always a natural disaster that always affects just me because the world revolves around me. You know how that goes. Well, but. no, hey, <laughs> hey, look, hey, look, hey, remember now, remember, right? I'm 32 years old. I haven't cel- celebrated the last three birthdays. And the reason is because for my dirty 30, we were going to go to the casino in Boston, bacon and bourbon yeah. festival. It was going to be a great time. And and then we had to go through the ridiculous process of getting hotel refunds and, and ticket refunds and shit because COVID shut the whole thing down. So I just said, fuck it. I'm over 30 now. I can't celebrate a birthday. So I, I feel you on that. I feel you because it's it's the like the annual family vacation that you typically go on and stuff like that. And and, you know, I don't celebrate my birthday often. So going to go out for bacon bourbon festival is going to be like like a, a hey i i don't do this often but like let's get the fuck out there and let's go have a good time hell and yeah. that got shut right the hell down so what did i do for my birthday this year i made meatloaf <laughs> i thought you were gonna say you sat home and made bacon and drank bourbon nah I'm, i didn't even do that man i had meatloaf and bud light <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's like and, it's like the opposite on, of bacon and bourbon <laughs> you know i had on the top of that meatloaf some ketchup, motherfucker. Man, you nasty. <laughs> nasty. <laughs> nasty for drinking that piss water too. I know. <laughs> hey man, I wanted to I wanted to I hey, wanted look everybody volume. Chris is here. <laughs> I I wanted volume, not alcohol content. <laughs> oh shit. Hey, so Chris, since you wanted to speak up, um, you know, it's it's been a little bit. We missed our last, uh, the last podcast. Uh, so we apologize for anybody that might have tuned in and was incredibly disappointed that they couldn't hear our voices that Sunday morning. Uh, you probably got your, your, your coffee ready, made your scrambled eggs, pancakes, sat down, you're ready to tune in and just listen. And we weren't there. Uh, so we, we apologize for that. We understand how important the affinity protocol is to everybody Sunday mornings. Uh, but yeah, it's just trying to make yourself feel good. It's just it's his fault. I'm always trying to make myself feel he, good. I'll he take is because because he knows because he knows it's his fault. I'll take it. I'll take responsibility for that. Because because what did I what did I do the the week of the podcast before I went up to go to that my my wife's family member's wedding? As I said, hey, are we recording the podcast? If not, you guys are doing it without me. And, and you did the oh, I don't know. And I was like, all right, well, he's got it. I, I at least let him know. So he'll take care of it. 
It did. Not a goddamn thing happened. That's, that's <laughs> factual. That's factual. Because for me, the wedding was Saturday night. So, you know, up a little late, you know, even though I, I was the one that sacrificed and went back to the, the hotel with, with Archer and, and let him get back to bed and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I did that sacrifice. But I was still up kind of late, you know, had to make sure the wife got, got back all right and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And then um, I woke up. Went about my day. We went to like the little after wedding brunch thing. And then I just, I see that famous text come in. Hey, are we doing the podcast? And I'm like, oh, God damn it. And I look at what time it is. And it was like 1045. And I yeah. was like, no, the fuck they are not doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, we all have ownership of that. But yeah, I did say that we would, we would still do it. And, uh, you know, it's a late night and, uh, we were doing a lot of shit. And, yeah, I just slept in and then I, I seen the text and I was like, Oh my God, nobody, cause we didn't talk about it at all the night before. We were just doing other stuff. Uh, and it never got brought up. So yeah, it slipped my mind till the morning. But anyway, here we are. Um, yeah. But, but hey, you know what though? <clears throat> so here's the thing though is there's actually a lot of catching up from, from stuff that has happened at least with, with, with us, with affinity. Absolutely. Because it's it's been almost you know a month now, so like I mean we haven't even had a podcast since you guys were down at my house for uh, having our little end the summer finally get everybody together in the same house barbecue. Oh, that's right, that's right. We haven't, and I will tell you, if you haven't had the opportunity to meet and see Zach in person, don't bother. <laughs> Just don't bother. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> no, I was gonna I was gonna say if you have the opportunity to invite little Chris over ever, ask him to bring chips because I'm still snacking off fucking <laughs> chips from the amount of shit he brought over, dude. Like I'm talking like that's that's my kid's afternoon snack, like every other day. I got a bag, like there's mad chips left over. I don't know how you didn't bring some of those home with you, man. I had chips at home too. <laughs> like the, the the ribs were were gone the mac and cheese was damn near gone but there was my house is like overflowing with chips right now my man hit a bj's hard on the way over to your house <laughs> <laughs> nah that was it a was, good time it was good that was a good time and i joke i joke that sexy motherfucker uh but it's always good to get together with you guys to see a person because we work so much you know, just over the phone, over Discord, you know, whatever it is, just like a lot of people these days. So, you know, getting that hangout time is is cool. Hell yeah. And we've had a lot of stuff happen with Affinity recently as well in the, in the last month. Did we? Uh, I mean... <laughs> I, 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 like to, I like to think that no matter when we did, like, our actual relaunch... That it doesn't, you know, our migration. Oh, yeah. Sure, we have our migration date, but, like, there's always that, like, almost week-long period of just absolute nerve-wracking, you know, anxiety about if something is going to go wrong and it just hasn't happened yet type thing. Yeah. And it's, you know, you can see, so you know, tokens migrate or tokens launch, and, and within hours or minutes of launch, something goes terribly wrong. <clears throat> And then, you you know, you see other projects that, that have a good, like, successful launch, but then, you know, something catastrophic may not happen for a couple of days. 
And so there's like, you know, for me, at least there's that that week long stretch where you're just like, you know, every day you're scouring socials, you're you're looking at the chart, you're looking at transactions to make sure that, you know, nothing crazy is going on. And that that lasts for about a week before you finally get to, like, you know, calm down a little bit. So, I mean, or even that everything's working right, you know, the way it's supposed to, like everything's taxes are being pulled correctly. Uh, the, the distribution of rewards are happening the way they're supposed to and all that good stuff. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So it's, 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 diff- it's difficult to say like, Oh, Hey, we, you know, we, we did our, our migration and, and we had that contract go live two hours ago, you know, you know, clean it up, wash your hands. You're all set. That's not the case at all. So, Never. you know, even, even though, you know, we had a podcast and then, you know, we, we ended up going live and we missed last podcast. It, that, that job didn't really end as soon as we went live with migration. There was still a lot of work to get done. We still had to get the swap finished and updated, which we did. Still so, working on stuff. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we're still even still working on stuff. So it's, it's, you know, the, the progression level, um, for stuff on like the, uh, the, the mobile app and, and getting that swap back up and, and now looking at some of the, the sneak previews that Zach has provided for, uh, the new adapt look, which is incredible, by the way. So there's, yeah. there's still lots of stuff happening in the background there. Yeah. And the swap. That's the that's the big one. That's the biggest change outside outside of the actual contract, uh, you know, being redeployed. So far, the biggest change that we've uh, deployed afterwards would be that swapper. So if anybody hasn't gone to our adapt.exchange slash swap um, or just go to adapt.exchange and click the, the swapper tab, uh, you're going to see a big a big change in that right before uh, what it was is you could go from BNB and only BNB to any of the tokens that were listed on there. Well, now uh, you have the option to pick any token and swap to any token that's on there that's listed on Adapt. And the cool thing about it is uh, you don't have to plug in the contract address, right? Because just with anything else on Adapt, we already put that in there for you. We verify that it's the right contract. We put in the, the name, the logo, the address and all that good stuff. So if you are looking to pick up anything on Adapt, you can feel confident that if you go to B and B B USD eight or any other token that you want uh, and and swap into it, that it's going to be the token that you're looking to get. You don't have to worry about adding any kind of contracts like you do with Pancake Swap or anything like that. So, uh, and again, it Honestly, doesn't just have uh, to be blue chips either. You can go token to token. You can you can take whatever. And I'm not going to call any out because I don't want to condone anybody swapping out of any other token. But any other token that's on BSC, um, you know, you can swap that one into Affinity or whatever other token you want as well directly. You don't have to go to BNB first and then go in. Well, and, and you know what I, you know what I really like about how we got this swap set up as well is that you know you talk about you know hey there's no contract addresses we verify you know stuff like that. I can go to my wallet and I can say you know well. Hey, I should have, you know, 100 tokens of, you know, whatever token we have listed on Adapt. I can right, right away know whether or not the contract is correct because when I hit the drop down to select which token I would like to swap from for yeah. something different, that pop up sh- automatically shows me my wallet balance of anything in there. Yep. So if I, if I have BitRise, Right. And I'm just saying that because I literally have the window open right now. But <clears throat> <laughs> if I have BitRise and I want to do something with my BitRise, 
I know everything's kosher and I know exactly how much I have because I hit that drop down and I scroll through to go find Bitrise and it tells me exactly what my balance is. I don't have to. And I, that means I know right off the rip that the contract address is correct because otherwise, how would it know how much Bitrise I have? Yeah. And you know what else actually, uh, actually just came to my mind too. And I've experienced it the other day. So if you own some of these tokens and I'll, I'll give an example, say you own like, um, uh, like blockbusters, right? Now they reflect in other tokens as well. So if you don't know what you might have, uh, obviously there's dusting tokens out there. So here's the problem, right? If you go to like PancakeSwap or you just go to the blockchain and you say, I'm going to look at what tokens I have. You don't know which ones are legit, maybe copycats or whatever. Well, we don't list that crap on a deck. We don't list, uh, you know, dusting tokens or anything that is a, a known scam on adapt. So if I've actually gone to adapt and, and had a couple tokens, I mean, it was only a few bucks. I must've got them as reflections through something that I didn't even know I had because I didn't have them added to my wallet. But when I went to adapt and was scrolling through the list, I was like, Oh wow, I actually have some of these. I must've gotten them reflected to me uh, from somewhere, or maybe somebody was just nice and sent them to me. I don't know. And just like, and just like <laughs> you said, though, but you you know it is the legitimate token that you're not about to interact with something that could potentially compromise your wallet. Yeah, exactly, because if it's a dusting, it's not going to be listed on Adapt in the first place. So, you know, you could feel secure in swapping that and moving that, whatever you need to do. So I thought that was pretty cool because I did, uh, I did have some of a couple different tokens. I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even know we had them. So, and then you swapped them over to Affinity. I may or may not have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I didn't say what they are, so I will tell you I definitely did. Uh, but yeah, so that's cool. So that's one of the biggest bigger updates, and and you know we got some other things going on, and 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 more more shit coming in the future. And uh, you know, if you if you just pay attention to our business plan, our roadmaps, and everything we've been talking about, it kind of tells you exactly what's going on, and. If you really just want to take a look at that, and it, it, obviously, like most others, we don't talk too much about dates. We give soft dates. We give quarters. We're trying and, and our best to get everything done in certain orders and, and within time frames. But listen, uh, you hear it all the time in in, in the uh, in this world. It, you're only handcuffing yourself when you start giving these time frames and, and, and uh, or exact dates and things like that. Uh, things take time. It happens, you know, either a bug will come up or, or you'll have to uh, kind of shift gears a little bit and it happens. So uh, just know that everything that you see there is things that we're working on either currently or will be in the future. So that's the best thing I can tell you. You go go to our website at affinitybsc.com and check out that that business plan that's posted there. It give you a great idea as to what, what we're doing uh, and even some things that are, you know, coming. So, uh yeah, anything else you want to talk about while we're on the on the subject of affinity and giving updates before we move on to anything else? Well, you know where's another place that you can find the business plan? Affinityinc.tech, corporate ooh. website. Can you find the business plan on there? Did I put it up there yet? You did. I did. Awesome. I was going to say, if you didn't, you're about to get fired. First, <laughs> first the missed, first the missed podcast. Then you're fucking up the business plan. Like, <laughs> I just couldn't remember if I linked it off the website. That's all I could remember. Off the corporate you, website. You did. You did. It was a I'm, mad I'm, dash to get that thing finished up and, you know, to get it ready for a Friday Friday and release it. So that's good. I'm glad. I'm pleased with myself on that one. 
Excellent. Well, and, and so the, the only other update <clears throat> realistically on, on the affinity side is, is kind of going to segue into um, what we're about to talk about for the, the bulk of our conversation tonight, or at least a, an important topic on our conversation tonight, which is that um, we did get the, the old uh, token trading live. The V1 token is, is back to live. Obviously there's, there's no liquidity in it. So you can't really trade the token for anything. And we don't want you to, we want you to hang on to your old affinity token uh, because in the, the very near future, we're going to have a way that you can, you know, free it up out of your wallet and you can basically burn it and you'll get, you know, dollar, $2, something like that, depending on how much you have um, in the new affinity token is like a, Hey, cool. You burned it. It's, it's, you know, out of circulation, that kind of stuff. But the most important part of that is that when we paused trading on version one of Affinity, there was, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, about a little over $5,000 uh, left over yep. in the distributor for rewards that were waiting to be claimed. Um, obviously, there's no transactions happening on that old token anymore, so there's no transactions for the distributor to piggyback off of and push those rewards. So you can actually go to old.affinitybse.app and you can go through the process of manually claiming the rewards. If you have any pendings, you can clear out your rewards. And if you happened to not leave the staking pools, the old staking pool is up so that you can go and you can pull your tokens out of the staking pool, which will automatically claim any rewards that were pending for those tokens sitting in your staking locker. Yes. Kind of. <laughs> based on what we're about to discuss next. <laughs> yeah, and before we move on to that, I do want to mention that if you do go to staking, just unstake. Like, if you claim rewards, if you see anything that says pending and you claim, you will not get the pending rewards. That pending has to be paid out through transactions. And again, there's really not a whole lot of transactions other than people claiming their rewards happening. So it may never go from pending status to uh, available. But if you unstake, it will also claim anything that is pending. So I know you don't need those tokens because they, they're, they're worthless at this point. But if you want to make sure that you get all your BUSD and ADA that is sitting in there, just unstake. Uh, I think it's like an extra dollar or 50 cents or whatever in gas to just unstake rather than claim. Uh, so make sure you do that. Uh, right now I'm looking at it. There is uh, 2800 bucks in BUSD and $1,665 in ADA uh, still sitting in that distributor that belongs to all of you. Go get your money. You know, I, don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you, uh, but go get your money. It's yours. So, oh, none of that is mine. Uh, I mean, it's not ours, right? Yeah, any, any walls we have, uh, you know, we, we've already claimed. But, uh, you know, it's it, it belongs to all of you out there. It, it's It's your money. And you want it now. It's my money. It's my money. It's my money. And I need it now. It's your money. Use it when you need it. But so on to other fun stuff. Why do I say that as of the, the Thursday evening that we're recording the podcast for Sunday, can you not currently go claim your awards? Hopefully by Sunday, everything is sorted so that when this airs, you can you can laugh about it and say, oh, ha ha ha. I'm yeah. going to go claim my rewards because everything is good. But uh Chris, why don't you start us off? Why can you at this exact moment at 9.48 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday not do anything of claiming old rewards? Well, Paul, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, by now, by the time you guys listen to this, it's, I hope it's made its way around. Everybody's been informed and, and at least knows some detail on it. But it was an exploit that happened uh, you know, a couple hours ago, maybe, 
uh, on the Binance chain uh, that, you know, we'll get into a little bit more detail. We're not going to get into real deep detail because obviously this is a, you know, a podcast. We keep things a little high level. Don't get into too too much technicals and bore, bore the hell out of you. But at any rate, this is important to note because we operate on the Binance chain and anything that affects the underlying chain, the level one chain that we're on, uh, is going to have an impact on the ability to interact with our token and any other token that is launched on that chain. Well, since there was an exploit that was caught by uh, Binance, I don't know who maybe notified them or whatever, doesn't matter. They caught that um, and then they were able to uh, contact the validator nodes, the owners of the validator nodes, and essentially pause the blockchain. Uh, they they hit the pause button on it, uh, so no transactions whatsoever can happen on the chain. Uh, that is why, if you were to try to trade any token, including BNB or any peg token or anything that that exists on the blockchain, that transaction will not go through because the entire chain is paused. Leading into what Paul was saying. If you try to claim any rewards, you try to do anything, even with the old contract, new contract, because of what I just said, it will not work. And two things with that. One, I'm hoping that by Sunday when this airs, it's all cleared up and we can all laugh about it. Two, Chris, I swear to Christ, the next time you announce an exploit, can you please say who was exploited first without just coming out the out right off the rip and saying there was an exploit with a slight pause and not immediately saying it was on Binance? Oh, I didn't even catch that, man. Was, you, re, you realize people to people listening, I all it sounded like all it sounded like was all right. So the reason you can't trade our token or get your old rewards from our old token is because there was an exploit. That's called. Well, see, that's On called smart chain. Well, what that is kind of like the news when they're like, there was something terrible that happened in the world today. More on this when we return. Right. It keeps people listening. Right? They're like, oh, shit, what happened? I got to know it's what gonna happened. It's going to give now. people heart attacks yeah. is what that's going to do. <laughs> because they're going to be like, they're they're going to stop. They're going to mentally, they're going to tune out at that point and be like, fuck, Affinity had an exploit. What in the hell is going on? When you, what, what uh, it would have sounded better if he was like, Binance had an exploit. That's my apologies. That was the, <laughs> the broadcaster in me that was <laughs> subconsciously came out. It was on the teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Zach, for putting that shit on there. Yeah, so the 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 like like we said, I'm I'm hoping that by Sunday all this is cleared up. But basically what it looks like is that um an attacker was able to basically I don't want to say fake legitimate withdrawals because they obviously made the made the withdrawals. Uh, but they were able to um, exploit a very specific block in forge proof for a block, um, resulting in them doing two transactions, uh, each for a million uh, BNB. Simple as that. It was way more than that. No, it was a million BNB, but the value was oh, like oh, six hundred yeah. million or something. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Sorry. Yeah. So he he got they they got away. I don't want to say he. Sorry, it could be a girl or a whatever the fucking genders are these days. Yeah. Um, it they they basically used the exact same block and um, like Chris said, we won't go into the super detail, but they were able to manipulate and kind of steal the root hash for the proof and um 
move forward with with making those withdrawals when they shouldn't have been able to, to be made. Um, and it was all on that, that same specific block. So that's kind of how they, they did it. And uh, I, I have no idea exactly how quickly they were able to come in and shut down. I believe that um, what we were looking at quick. earlier. I believe it was under 30 minutes yeah. or approximately 30 minutes. <clears throat> Yeah, and and I, I believe like what we were saying that it looked like he was trying to basically they were trying to get everything over to Ethereum, and instead of getting away with the entire amount, they only got away with a portion. Yeah, I think it was Ethereum and Phantom that they were okay. moving them to. Yeah, nothing against Ethereum and Phantom. I'm just saying that's that's where it looks like that's where they they move the stuff through. Um, well, I mean, you ha- you have to get it off network. If you, if you keep yeah. it on, if you keep it on network and try to off ramp, you're gonna get caught. That's just. No, yeah. no way. Yeah, and that's essentially no what way. happened. So I, I think last I seen, and uh, I may be wrong on these numbers because it's kind of like anything else. They they were always evaluating and all that, but it looked like approximately seventy million dollars in USD value was off ramped, which le- left about five hundred or so million uh, still on chain that was frozen because they paused the chain. So it looks like they might have gotten seventy million or so approximately off chain, uh, and the rest is still there. Yeah, there's a. I don't know if you guys saw the link that I sent to Mod Chat, but there was actually a person who was tracking all the transactions before it happened, like the whole thing for a few hours wow. before it happened. They're like, "Hey, like it looks like Binance is making a leverage pay. Like, uh, sorry, it looked like they're doing future plays um, on ETH, and that's like, you know, is BNB trying to leverage ETH right now, thinking that something's happening? And this dude was just watching it the whole time, and he didn't think it was an exploit because it was super sloppy. <laughs> um, and then obviously it came to be the exploit and he's like, what the fuck? And then he actually posted a link. Uh, I think it was for, uh, uh, like DX wallet or it wasn't not like DX sale, but it was like one of those wallets. Um, but yep. essentially it was pinned to all of his wallets. Um, and he had like 541 million sitting in it last time I saw. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. And even like in the post, the dude's like, again, obviously this is well out of my fucking wheelhouse with the dev work, but obviously this, obviously this guy knows what he's talking about, but he was straight up saying, he's like, I don't really understand why this person would go through all of this, you know, three, four hour work for 20% of what they were looking to get. He goes, truthfully, they could have just turned this bounty in as a white hat bounty and fucking probably made the same amount. Yeah. Yeah, that's not wrong. Yeah. And, and yeah, and depending on how this turns out, uh, you know, hopefully this individual does get caught and faces jail time, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, who knows how that'll work out. But, yeah, cool. and, it, and it really was uh, an exploit on the um, the bridge between, you know, BEP2 and BEP20. So that, you know, when, you, when, you, when we're on the, the Binance chain that we all reside on, uh, it's, it's BEP20. Right. So that's why when you go through all your token selections and you're looking at uh, your pegged ADAs and your pegged XRPs and Bitcoins and all that, uh, it's you're looking at the BEP20 side of things. Um, the, My Bitcoins. Your Bitcoins in your Ethereum's. Look, all look, all I'm saying <laughs> is is for anyone that's played like like Valve video games. So like, uh, you know, Counter-Strike, Dota, Half-Life, like that kind of stuff. All I'm saying is, is CZ needs to pull a Gabe Newell on this because if for video gamers, if you remember back in like early 2000s when uh, they were getting ready to release Half Life 2, there was um, uh, their network had been compromised. Basically, someone stole the source code for Half Life 2. 
and the the freaking managing director, our Lord and Savior Gabe Newell, came out and said that it, this guy was like from Germany or some shit like that. He said, "Hey, I want to fly you out here because I want to interview you to be on our team. If you were if you were able to like you know do this, we I want you on my team. I don't want you against me. Tell me how the dude flew out." And as soon as he touched down in the U.S., the FBI nabbed him. <laughs> like, <laughs> if they ever find out who this guy is that did this exploit, I want CZ to be like, yo, come to the the whatever tropical island he's from for tax breaks and shit like that. I want you to come out here and I want you to work for us. And as soon as he touches down, just have a squad there to pick him up. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shady stuff. And... You know, there was a couple other things that that were probably not great about the way that bridge was set up. Like it, it, it appeared to use this minting rather than just you know set supplies on either side, and that's not really a good way to have a, a bridge set up. That's old old school stuff. Um, you know, and and a lot of bridges were first being set up. It was using minting functions and minting on the other side when you would traverse the bridge, and uh, that's not really the way things should be done. But at any rate. Um, you know, that kind of leads us into a, another topic of discussion that is very, very correlated to this that I want to I want to go down the path of is uh, the, the centralization, because this is what I've seen a lot of, you know, naturally, when there's an, an exploit of any kind, people will focus on the exploit. But then people also want to focus on what is what is the rectifying fix action for it? How is it? How is this being taken care of? And the first action that was taken was pausing the blockchain. Okay. And, um, you know, without, ha- you know, without getting into the extreme details of, you know, what a blockchain is and, and how it exactly functions and all that, just know that there are like nodes, validator nodes that are spread out across the world. And, and, and the, the, the blockchain needs to be, uh, validated between all of these. They all work together to make sure that the chain has, uh, the proper uh, authentication and that everything's working the way it should. And when we look at individual blockchains, they are very much, it's a network, right? So just like you have your home network, uh, somebody else has their home network, and then they communicate through the internet. If you think of like those internet connections as bridges, right? So this individual network was able to shut down or pause uh, on its own. Which leads into the question of centralization. Right, because you can compare that to your internet service provider. You have all these different homes that are on, you know, Xfinity Internet or something like that, and they're able to shut down internet access for your home, for everyone's home network. Yeah. So a a decentralized network would be considered like if you just hooked up a bunch of, you know, networking equipment, nobody owned it, and anybody can just you know, move files and, and share websites and everything else that they want to do on this network. And nobody could interrupt that connection. It just, it is what it is. And whatever happens on it just happens on it, bad or good. So when this, when, when Binance chain got paused, uh, there were obviously some people that came out uh, both for and against it. Uh, you know, obviously it's a good thing in the sense that uh, the the hacker was uh, stopped in their tracks before they got everything. But on the same, uh, you know, I guess the, the the opposite side of that coin, uh, 
Binance just stopped the blockchain. You know, they had the ability to do that, uh, which begs the question of, uh, and, and I've never really thought it anyway. I don't know why a lot of people would have thought that Binance was ever really decentralized. I mean, it's, it's not. Uh, but that starts, now it starts bringing up into the spotlight of blockchains being decentralized, the actual blockchain. Curious what you guys think about that scenario and going forward. Like, I mean, is it a good thing that they were able to pause it? Is it, is it something that, um, you know, whatever. I, I know it's not as black and white as just, is it good that they're centralized? Is it good that whatever, but you know, just some thoughts on what happened or what you think the, the, the majority of people out there in the general public are thinking right now. Well, I got mad thoughts, but I don't want to overshadow anyone else's response. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so <Guys are> awesome. <laughs> so there, there's there's a, there's a couple of things to this, right? You can, in my opinion, you can look at it as a, a cyclical fashion, right? Because when look, look at when we launched our our first V1 token, you know what was all the rage around then was contract renunciation. You renounce the contract, so just like you said, whatever happens, good or bad. It happens and it's out there and it is what it is. And I don't want to say that quote unquote took the world by storm, but that really kind of caused a uh, a ripple in, you know, communities or projects, especially on the Binance chain that were, were coming out with, uh, with their own tokens because the question always came up, well, do I renounce this or not? And then we got to see a lot of exploitation happen on these renounced contracts where they couldn't do anything to, to fix it. So, and it didn't even have to necessarily be an exploit where someone was able to take funds and and walk away type thing as much as it was, hey, I found something on here. It's only a matter of time before a bad actor finds it as well. And guess what? Now I can't fix anything. So what happened, you know, six to eight months after we launched is sure. People were still coming out and and advertising as, Hey, we're going to do a contract renunciation, you know, stuff like that. And it only catered to a very specific type of holder slash investor that wanted to specifically get into projects. We're going to have, you know, renunciation and contract. So what this is going to do is it's going to bring to light questions for what other blockchains have the ability to do. And it's going to be very highly scrutinized, but I believe it is cyclical and it's going to end up kind of, I don't want to say going in the other direction, but if you think about what especially is happening in the U.S. government where they're looking at coming in and doing regulation and whatnot, if you tell me point blank that the U.S. government is going to step in and with some sort of regulation and not come out with their own blockchain where they have the ability to do something like that, you're dead wrong because they 100% oh, yeah. will. You you know they will. And I hate to say it, but that's going to kind of be what sets the tone for future blockchains is the relevance and the intrusion of different government entities coming in and providing regulation. So maybe we're just getting a sneak peek, right? We get to see a blockchain that had an exploitation that, you know, granted, of course, the information is still relatively new, but at, so far seems to be doing the right thing. Realize it was an exploitation, paused as soon as they could, and they're figuring out the best way to go forward. Makes sense. 
you would hope that if there's, you know, government entities that come into the realm and, and start the regulation that they would act in the same manner where they're looking at in the best interest of the people that are legitimate holders as opposed to the bad actors. But you're, you're right. It raises the question of what else can they do and what else are they willing to do? And does it matter who's in charge of it? So it's, it's a big, big question mark. And it's likely, at least for the next uh, couple of months, maybe going to divide some people's thought process in the crypto community about what blockchain they want to be on. Uh, if there's one that is going to sit there and advertise like, hey, look, we are truly decentralized. You can hack us and, and, and we can't do shit about it. Obviously, that's going to bring people out of the woodworks trying to take advantage of that. Yep. You know, so there's there's a weird balance of, hey, do I do I advertise that, you know, we're more centralized than you think? And if there is an exploit, we can we can hopefully pause and, and even potentially reverse it. Or do I come out and put a target on my back and say, come at me because there's nothing that we can do if if, if we get exploited. Yeah. And this, you know, even with being decentralized, you know, things like, you know, forking and all that can kind of help mitigate after after an exploit happens. Uh, you can always fork it, fix it, and then press on with that fork. Um, so there's things, but it's obviously much more intrusive uh, the more decentralized it is to to fix things after that. Uh, but yeah, and and with with Binance, um, again, I I don't really know how many people truly ever believe that they were decentralized. You know, I I, it, I thought it was mostly understood that it was uh, very very centralized, but uh, again, it's a it's a newer. I wouldn't say it's a new blockchain, but it's newer to the the Binance chain is is new. That's a was been a couple of years, right? Um, and then smart contracts came and all that other stuff uh, to really push that along. So what I would like to see is them have a plan, like put out a public plan. How you're working towards uh, being becoming more decentralized? There's a funny thing too, is I've seen a few people that in the same breath talking about how finance is centralized, but then they talk about how uh, they're holding all their, their currency on a, on a, uh, a central exchange. And it's like, really? I mean, do you understand how hypocritical that is, right? <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter what chain it is, what the chain has the ability. If you're holding it in a central exchange, that exchange has, by nature is centralized. <laughs> it's like in the name. Um, <laughs> So, right. You don't actually have anything in your wallet at any point. They can take funds out of the hot wallet and you have zero. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's it's all about and I think that's what scares people about it. I don't if we, if we look at the positives of it, um, it's like any other software company, right, that there's people there to help mitigate problems. There's people there to make updates. There's all of this other stuff with uh, having control over certain things that would allow easier, faster maintenance and responses to critical uh, elements. The flip side yep. of that is that where people get nervous is if there's too much control and let's say I'm somebody that has a, a ton of money on the Binance chain, they get worried that like what you just said that they can do the same type of thing, whether they would or not, it's always in the back of people's minds with centralization, is that they have the ability to just take control or seize or freeze your funds. Right, because then it, it comes down to who's holding the keys and how much do you trust them? Yes. Yes. 
So it I is think, a go ahead, Zach. I was just about to, I was gonna chime in and say I think one thing that we need to take into effect though is that um you know, I guess you maybe say Ethereum, I don't know the exact numbers on this, so I don't wanna don't quote me on it, but it's safe to say either way that Binance is one of the actually one of the biggest actually backed companies out there. Like you get their centralized, but they have regulations behind them. They have collateral behind them, true collateral. So when something like this happens, I'm not saying they can just go and find five, you know, $541 million and out of fucking thin air, but there's a good chance that they do have that type of backing so they can replenish this and move on. Uh, I would say that that's probably one of the benefits of being quote unquote centralized is that uh, when something like this does arise, uh, you have a means of fixing it a little bit easier than someone like, like I don't want to lack of other names, but of other exploits that we've seen in this space that don't have the type of backing to repay who was affected by this. Um, but now they do potentially. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're saying is it's, it's the response time and the, and the resources and the availability of that is the benefit of being more centralized, uh, without a doubt. Um, uh, and it's just whether or not, it's outweighs the potential downside. And again, it's always potential because right. really the, the, the downside of, of being centralized when you're talking about this type of situation with the blockchain is potential. Like there's no realized downside until that potential is, is lived up to. Right. Uh, it's, it's all, it's all associated to risk and yes. like, and you could, that can even circle back to, you know, cause we've talked multiple times on the podcast about, uh, government regulation stepping in and whatnot. And like, well, you know, you have to I'm think that learn. what, Ooh, sorry, no, no, sorry. I forgot to mute myself. Oh, <laughs> called I'm, you yeah, a nerd. okay. Yeah. You know, he called me a fucking nerd as well. You know what? He's goddamn right. <laughs> but, but but we've, you know, we've talked about government regulation stepping in a, a few times, right? And and when it, it's hard to break down a pros and cons list of some of that. But one of the defining pros is granted, if it is implemented the right way, there is an inherent ability to reduce risk or mitigate risk. Maybe not reduce risk as much, but but mitigate and defer risk, right? Because yeah. now if you have something like like government regulation, I'm not saying that every single rug pull project is never gonna, you know, conceive a token, but it's gonna hopefully reduce those numbers because people are gonna actually have that fear of legal action from a government entity. So if you're willing to say, hey, I'm okay with government regulation because it's going to significantly lower the amount of risk I have with getting into cryptocurrency, then then great. But if you refuse that kind of, you know, overarching inherent uh, ability from an outside entity to control what's going on, then you have to assume a significantly higher amount of risk. And sorry, you, if that's the case, fine. But I don't want to hear you bitching when your funds get taken. That's true. That's that's a good way to look at it. And again, nobody nobody forces anybody to use anybody's network or, or anything. So uh as as long as it's not hidden, right? And this will obviously bring things to light. Uh and you know, you do what you want to do within the risk tolerance of your of your own personal uh goals. 
But yeah, and that's all. You, that's all you can do. By this time, by the time this airs, uh, I, you know, I'm going to be looking back on uh, Saturdays. You know, tomorrow I'll be looking Saturday, Sunday. You ain't going to be looking at shit. You gonna be, be in Florida. Come on, bro. I'm gonna have some time because I'm gonna I'm gonna be standing in parks, standing in lines while my kids wait to go get autographs from whatever the hell Disney character. Bro, your phone is gonna uniform. die so quick. It is. You abuse gonna... that phone. Your phone is gonna last maybe three hours in the morning at the park, <laughs> and that's it. It's gonna be for real. Uh, there's a lot of lines I'm gonna be standing in, so I'm gonna be looking at stuff because I'm curious. You know, I I don't think personally, I don't think. Uh, the finance deserves any major fallout, but I don't make the decisions of what actually happens. So I want to see in, in, Hey man, I'm going to take advantage of, uh, you know, whatever, whatever happens. Um, let's just say I'm happy. I off ramped and swapped a stable earlier. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty heavy <laughs> and stable myself and my personal stuff. Uh, but you oh, know, see, here's where you fucked up. <laughs> Here's where your boy fucked up. I have, I mean, I have a decent amount in in stable right now. So, like, realistically, we were talking about it before about like, hey, do we want to like, you know, as collectively, do we want to, you know, take funds and move it to stable as soon as trading is resumed and or the, as soon as the blockchain is resumed and like, I'm just kind of going with the fuck it method. I'm gonna wait for the dip to happen because it's inevitably gonna happen, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna risk and I'm gonna bring some out of stable right into BNB and hopefully ride that elevator to the top. Oh, I mean, yeah, man. I really think this shit's gonna. It, it will get hit pretty hard. I do believe that. Um, unfortunately, we know how this space goes with you know just a, a minor, you know, quote unquote minor business having an exploit or something like that. Um, you know, and what it did to the space earlier, right? When Bitcoin yeah. had its his downfall, I would say uh, essentially what started this bear market, right, or close to. I guess I can say this what started it, but. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying BNB is going to get wrecked to fucking zero, but no, it's but it, but it's but it's a it's a layer destroyed. it's a layer one. It's gonna take a hit. That's just how oh, it is. Yeah. This is this is like no different than the the OPM data breach with the government, right? Like you know how much money the government had to spend on people for um, managing identity theft. Uh, uh, yeah, basically giving people identity theft protection after that OPM data breach. Like this is. No matter how you spin it, it, this is not like a oh a token got exploited. This is like a, a freaking entire blockchain network was exploited. It's gonna take a hit, one hundred percent. How yeah. long do you foresee this taking till it plays out? I know we got to wrap up here, but just last question: How long do you think it takes till it plays out? Like average in like a, I guess from like a cybersecurity standpoint, when a major exploit like this happens. 48 hours, 72 hours a week. You, you're talking about until they figure it out and potentially unpause? Yeah. And, and, and again, I, really, I care less about the trading and more about the, you know, just making sure that things are legitimate. Like from a, a, a technical standpoint, like what do you think would be an ideal, um, what do you think would be an ideal like path of resolution from here? Well, so if, if you're looking at, at length in time, from a cybersecurity perspective, I can tell you that the longer it takes, the better, because yeah. that that means that they are going to be exploring every single possible avenue. If we if you have an under 24 hour turnaround, like if if in if they have the blockchain unpaused in under 24 hours, I would be impressed because 
that means that they found a solution that they're willing to go with and that that's the thing they're going to live with because you you can't have a second pause afterwards. You can't unpause, no. say, hey, here's our fix, and then, oh, shit, we messed it up. We got to pause it again and figure it out. No, yeah. definitely the, not. <laughs> the longer it takes, the better, because that just means that they're doing their due diligence. I would not be... I, I hope it doesn't. I would not be surprised if it's almost up to a 72 hour pause. Obviously, they're going to have people working around the clock, figuring yeah. solutions, brainstorming, looking at, you know, implications of, of what they can get done and stuff like that. But, you know, d depending on what their ability is and how much control they have on the blockchain, there's there's almost no limit to what they can do. I mean, I'm I'm I have don't know because obviously I don't know their their blockchain in, in depth. But they could go straight God mode and just yank the stuff out of this guy's wallet. Yeah. You think they you think they pull a Chris and just put a greater than symbol? <laughs> Damn man. Oh oh yeah, for his wallet they're gonna put it into instead of an equals this amount, they're gonna do a not equal sign. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking like forty eight hours, but yeah. Uh yeah, forty eight to seventy two hours I think would be would be fair. And, and expect it. Uh, I'm, I'm with Paul. I would be shocked if within 24 hours it's back up. But hey, you know, they got a lot of damn resources financially and, uh, you know, personnel. So who knows? But uh, 48 to 72 hours, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. And it would it would kind of fall in line what I would think. Uh that well, and that, that comes with our like our background of saying, like, we're just going to do like extremely intricate testing before we release because i i would hope that they don't have a decision and they say hey this should work let's do it and unpause but they're gonna sit there and they're gonna they're gonna brutally test what their fix is before they unpause yeah and and the the good thing is is there's enough information out there that shows exactly what was exploited right so they can they can do replication testing and all that other good stuff but they're also going to do hopefully a much bigger scope of testing, not just test the exact exploit that happened. Uh, but also, I and I know by the time this airs and everybody's listening, if trading is resumed, which I would assume, because that's what that's within the seventy-two hours or whatever after the seventy-two hours. Uh, keep in mind, if for whatever reason this isn't resumed, or maybe it just resumed last night or a few hours ago, and things hopefully they're looking great. But if they're not. Uh, remember, we've been talking about this being a level one. This is the underlying asset for all tokens on this chain. So if you are looking at your favorite token, i.e. Affinity, and if it looks awful, remember to look at the value of BNB. If BNB is down to like 100 bucks, 150 bucks, whatever it may be, again, I, I hope everybody's sake it's not, but if it is, you have to remember that that directly correlates with the value of every single token on the Binance Smart Chain. So just keep that in mind before you make any decisions based on your, you know, your future, uh, um, you know, your goals, whatever you're trying to achieve here in, in crypto. Uh, yes, there, there's a direct correlation of value of liquidity pool for the token to what your token is worth. And if the value of the liquidity pool goes down because the liquidity pool is BNB, then the value of your token is going to go down. Yes. Which is simple why, as that. Which is why it's always 
much more important for long-term, whatever your short-term is, short-term goals, that's on you. But when you're looking at long-term sustainability and long-term value of a token, always keep in mind of the number of BNB or number of underlying assets, not necessarily the USD dollar value because that will fluctuate, especially when we're going into bear markets and or if something like this happens and causes the price to plummet. Pay a little less attention to the actual value. And, you know, and this is for people that aren't short term, right? If you're short term and you're a type of like day trader and all that, that's different. But if you're somebody that's going to be holding for weeks and months and potentially years, it's more about that number of how much of the asset, not the value of the asset that matters most to you. And just just like you're saying, with it being long term, this is one of the things I, I actually liked explaining to you know young newer sailors when back in in the navy days when i was uh, a supervisor in the navy is you know making sure they got stuff like their tsp which is equivalent to their 401k set up and i kind of showed them like well you know look you get this statement and based on how much money you're putting into your tsp it buys you know shares of stock in that fund at the price it is when you put the money in so you might have a quarter where your your TSP funds or your 401k is is down but as long as you're young that's good because you're still putting in the same dollar amount that you were when the stocks were up the difference now is that you are buying more stock because it's worth less while you're putting the same dollar amount in so even if it comes back to where it was the quarter before you bought more so your the the rate of return is going to increase exponentially versus a flat rate of what you're putting in dollar amount exactly that is sound non-financial advice for everybody listening out there <laughs> <laughs> but it is good advice to go research on your own uh yeah, it's getting close to that time. Uh, you know, we talked about some good stuff here, man. Oh, I say good stuff, but it was good content. I won't say it was definitely good news. Uh, it's going to be a rocky road here for the next couple days at least. See how it all plays out. Um, but, you know, again, this is well, we're still we'll see, early man. The, in the, the crypto, crypto community can surprise you. There's yeah. probably a lot of sleeping giants waiting for a dip like this to just buy right back in. So it might not dip for very long. As you have a bunch of, especially freaking hedge funds and crap like that, that that are going to be trying to buy millions of dollars worth of BNB if it gets down to a certain area, I don't, I don't, I think it's going to dip. I don't think the dip is going to last long. No, finance is not a small chain. You know, it's not, it's not one of these chains that's kind of barely hanging on by a string that, you know, is waiting for a, a straw to break. Uh, it's a big chain, so you know, it's it's going to do what it does, and and I'll be there to hopefully advantage of it uh but anyway uh anybody got anything else they want to say or talk about before we close this beautiful episode of affinity protocol out call it a night yeah good night good night okay. yeah good i'm good i'll shut up <laughs> chris you still with us yeah i was just gonna say uh doesn't matter if a company is a trillion dollar company or just a startup Exploits are possible, and you got to protect yourself against them. That's exactly right. Good words, man. Fucking nerds. <laughs> nerds. You're damn dark. right. <laughs> All right, I don't have really anything else either. Uh, just will uh, I'll I'll see you guys here in a few days. 
Um, I'm enjoying my vacation, hopefully, and uh, especially spending some time away from listening to Eeyore here and the rest of this. Uh, I'm going to call uh, you every day. Love you guys. Same. Call me Fucking anytime. Nine, Send me text. 930 on the dot. Slide in them DMs anytime you guys want. And uh, we'll call you early time. in the morning, too, so your kids Fucking wake right up and want to go to the park. Come on, man. You know I'm going to be up early in the morning anyway. You? Early in the I'm morning? I'm going to have to be. Not because I want to be. I'm going to have to be. I'm going to be in a hotel room with all these people that are going to just be wanting up bright early in the morning trying to go see Mickey Mouse. And then I'll, I'll call you nice and early so you can get the Eeyore voice right off the rip, and then the rest of your day is going to be gold. Oh, you know. You know they have a whole Winnie the Pooh section over there. Please go <laughs> get a picture with Eeyore and tag you me know on I'm Twitter. Gonna. All right. <laughs> uh, it's going to be beautiful. Uh, but anyway, thanks everybody for listening this, this week. Uh, every other week is you can catch a Fendi protocol right here on, uh, WDVRDVradio.net. Uh, hopefully we won't miss it next time. If we do, it's not my fault. Uh, but <laughs> thank you all for tuning in <laughs> and we'll catch you here next time. Have a great morning. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, oh. Goodbye.